Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome to Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm Jay Glazer, and today is a special show. It's our Veterans Day week show. You all know how invested I am into the military and our veterans. And today is the best guest I've ever had, coolest guest I've ever had, most amazing story I have ever heard in my life. And I do have to get a little housekeeping out of the way here first. If you're like many people, you will be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year, yet far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. All right, welcome in again to Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, special Veterans Day podcast. I never get get starstruck or words are hard to come by in the last, I don't know, 30 years of of doing this and and the career I've in, except for one time in my life. That's the other time I've met these two people. And I don't know if I'm going to do them justice introducing them, but folks, you want to be on this journey with us because it's the most incredible story of love first, perseverance, courage, and so many other adjectives that you all will come up with along this journey. I'm so grateful they're here with me. Let me lay this out correctly here. There's two guests, and we've never done this before. All right. Shoshana Johnson, who's the first African-American female POW that America's ever had, and the Marine that rescued her in Iraq, Kearney Russell. Welcome both to Unbreakable. Were you kept secure in the same place that you were being held there? No, another, it was a schoolhouse or something like that. Yeah, we had, uh, there was another platoon that was tasked with, uh, like finding that area. And, uh, so once we, once we got them, you know, we, once we, once we got them, everybody secure, got them out to the vehicles, the vehicles came up, we loaded them up onto the, uh, the LAVs that we were, uh, we were riding on. And we just, I remember it was like, 
those things go quick. I like to my knowledge, they're still like one of the fastest ground moving like vehicles in, in war, you know, or, you know, in, in combat theaters. So uh, we loaded them up and just hauled ass out of there. You know, we had, it was like, let's get them as far away from that place as possible. Cause remember everybody's on rooftops, people are coming out. So I remember we just got them out of there and we brought them back to an, to an area that was already secured. And, uh, but it was still in the city, you know, it's not like it's secure and there's fences around and things like that. It's still kind of, it's in the city. And I remember like, we were told like, Hey, like, pretty much form a human wall around them, you know, like make them safe, make, let them know we're protected. Remember they don't have weapons to protect themselves at this point. Like we are their protection. So yeah, I remember that. How long did you have to do that for? You know, I, I can't remember like a time wise, how long it was. It seemed like a little while because like, like Shoshana was saying, like this call still had to be made like, Hey, we got them now send helicopters so we can bring them back to Kuwait, you know? And so we waited on the helicopters and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, how small the world is, is our friend Elliot, um, he had got medevac a few nights prior. Uh, you know, he had had his leg injury and, yep. you know, things like that. So him and I had, you know, we went to school and together, we were just as like all the new guys, you stick together. Right. So we were like, we were new together. And I remember hearing that he had got hurt and nobody knew what was going on. I didn't know if he was alive, if he was dead, so when the helicopter came that we, there was two helicopters, the one that we loaded up on, I remember talking to like the, the crew chief in the back and he was like, Hey, you know, we were just, we just flew a medevac for you guys the other night. I was like, Hey, that's my friend Elliot. He's like, yeah. I was like, is he okay? Is he alive? He's like, Oh yeah, he's alive. He's going to make it. So that was when I found out that Elliot was still alive was that flight back towards, uh, I think we had, we went into where that picture was taken behind her. I want to say they were calling it like three rivers air base or something like that. But that ride there, that's how I, I found out that Elliot was still alive. Wow. And the yeah. amazing Elliot Ruiz is how I met you two incredible people. So, Kearney, at what point did you realize, oh, my God, we just saved American POWs? I don't think it really hit me until uh, we were down in Kuwait. You know, it was, uh, you know, men mentally it was like kind of we're going out. It's like we're working. You know, you're going out, you're working, you know. And then it didn't really hit me until we were down in Kuwait. And I was like whoa like you know and i if i you know I, I remember telling i don't know if shoshana remembers but we had heard somebody had asked about jessica jesse like hey where's jessica or something like that jessica lynch. I, I remember jessica lynch yeah and i remember telling them like oh they they rescued her like i think it was a few days prior or a week or so prior and i remember they started hugging and crying they're like jessica's alive jessica's alive and i was asked about somebody else and i didn't know and I was like, I, I don't know. I forget. I, I can't remember who. The, I just remember hearing Jessica. And I, mm -hmm. they asked another name. And I didn't hear anything about that other person. So I, I imagine that they, they they didn't make it. So I didn't say anything because I, I didn't know. But what, yeah. but at what point did you realize, man, like, give yourself almost this grace of like, oh, my God, we just did. If you're going to sign up for the military, right, and yeah. you're going to do the greatest that you could do, this is it. And you yeah. did. Yeah. You know, that didn't hit me until, like I said, uh. So, you know, Shoshana had mentioned that she had a, I think you mentioned you had a niece that you may not have met if the rescue didn't go down. So my girlfriend at the time, my, my wife now, uh, been married 20 years, um, but she was pregnant with our first daughter. And I remember like on the ship ride going over, you get mail, you know, and one of the last, you know, I didn't know if I was having a boy or a girl. We were still kind of talking about names through mail and that takes forever. So uh I remember going back like 
when we got to Kuwait, I was able to use the phone. We were in like, we brought him to this hospital. Shoshana and I, we, we went to a little medical field offsite first before we went to the bigger hospital. But, um, you know, I got to use a phone and first phone call I made was to my girlfriend. Finally, I was like, Hey, are we having a boy or a girl? And she's like, we're having a girl. And I was like, okay. I was, you know, and I was like, kind of relieved, like, okay, now when I go back, if something happens, at least I know that I, I was having, you know, I had a daughter. But then I remember she, she was like, Hey, you know, asking me questions. And I'm like, I don't know, like you may hear some stuff on TV, you know, like that was, that was us. It's all we can really say right now. And uh, I think that's when it really clicked to me. Like, Whoa, like that's like, she's going to be hearing about that on TV. I'm having a girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a girl, you know, she's talking to a hero. That's unbelievable. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I was like, and not to know that she would probably see this the next day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Her, yeah, my mom, yeah. That, well, they that saw picture. that picture of you rescuing her the next day? That got circulated here in the States the next I, day? It was probably not too long after. Oh, that. my God. Yeah, it so was that picture, day. was it? Okay, yeah, because that picture was taken at Three Rivers Air Base. I think they were calling it Three Rivers Air Base. And, uh, yeah, we were loading up onto a C, getting ready to load up on the C-130 that flew us down. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the reporters were all in my face. They were yeah. all in my face. Yeah, so that picture, like, yeah, I, I pushed, I pushed somebody back, and I honestly, that's yes. probably how they snapped it. So it looks like, yes, you know, a live action shot right, of like right. the fresh rescue, but that it had been a few hours. So yeah. when you got, you guys, okay, how long are you all together for? And also, I, I think the the thing that kind of struck me the most too last time I talked to you too is we think, okay, you rescue someone, and you guys all fly back to the states, and that's it. But that wasn't the case. Like you, you went back and continued to serve, Carney, right? Yeah. So we, uh, we knew how we were getting like Castro and I, we knew how we were getting, but we, we really didn't know how we were getting down to Kuwait. We were just told, Hey, don't turn them over to anybody except I think it was like a Colonel or above. And you just don't see colonels walking around everywhere. Like, Oh, sixes, you know, officers, I'll see a Lance corporal or a Sergeant or, you know, or like a lower level, you know, E3 or something like that. You see them, they're everywhere. But like an 06, a colonel or above, it was like, where the hell are we going to find a colonel or above, you know? And luckily the hospital we went to, I think, was ran by a colonel because I remember they're like, hey, you know, okay, so we'll take them from here. And I'm I'm like, we're like, no, they're not leaving our site until there's a colonel here that's going to take them, like take possession pretty much and, uh, you know, responsibility. And some they're like, we can find one, you know, we can get one in the hospital. Like colonel comes out, I think it was an army colonel. He's like, "I, I think I can take them like, all right, go ahead, you know. So then you that, that, that was when we that, that was, was it. No, that's that, the last you saw her since. No, that was when we went to take a shower and clean up. <laughs> you know, I remember it was like we, you know, we had live grenades and all that stuff, and uh, they didn't want that in the hospital anywhere. And yeah, we're like, so. we're, we're not giving these up. You know, they remember they're like, these can't come in the room, and we're like, well, they're they're not going to go in the room without us, and we need like our kit. Like that's our that's all we knew. You know, like that's our safety. But we're not giving it up, and. uh there was a little back and forth. They let us like escort them around places with, you know, with our, you know, guns and ammo and, you know, grenades. And then finally somebody was like, Hey, look, we have a safe room. You guys can keep these if you want to take a shower. So yeah, we yeah. saw each other after that, just prior to when uh, Castro and I eventually found our way back up North. Uh, we basically hitchhiked our way back uh, into Iraq. Um, that sounds weird. Yeah. So we, uh, we wanted to get back up with our unit, you know. Um, we wanted to. We wanted to continue Wait, on. Back up, that. back up. Hold on, hold on. Shoshana, do you know this part? 
No, I didn't know how they got back up there. I had no, no but you also know, I, like, I remember the part about them having all their ammo and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, you can't bring that this far. And I remember the rest of us were like, well, we're not going, we're going with them. <laughs> and they were like, but no, they can't come. And I said, well, what y'all, I remember we're thinking, well, what are y'all going to do? Because we move with them. They're not going without the stuff. Right. I mean, there was even a part where they were like moving me and I was like, okay, but where's my Marine? Yeah, I don't know where yeah. he was. I don't know what he went to do. And I was like, but where's my Marine? I can't go. It, I, I mean, because it, at that point, that was my security. I knew I was going to be okay because they were, you know what I'm saying? So it, it took a while, it, you know, even to let, for them to ease me off and say, you're going to be okay. We got you. We got oh. you. I was like looking around constantly. Was there a like proper that. goodbye from you two? Not really. Uh, no, yeah, I think uh, I think the following morning, I think following morning we had like checked, like made sure they were all right, and then Castro and I pretty much hitchhiked our way back up. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And that was it. So you didn't, there was no goodbye, no nothing. Did you, oh my God, that's like this. <laughs> and how, how much longer did you end up fighting over there in Iraq before you end up coming home? So when we left the hospital, I say we hitchhiked our way back. It sounds weird, but that's literally how it was. There was no plan for us to get back up to, to our unit. So we went out and we saw like a convoy and like, Hey, you guys are going to Iraq. And because we were in, you know, we were in Kuwait and we're like, Hey, you guys are going north. You guys are going to Iraq. And they're like, well, we're going here, which it, they were going into Iraq. So we're like, all right, we'll ride with you guys. You know, you guys have room. So we, we rode with a, some army unit. Then we got up to, I forget, you know, into Iraq, wherever we were. Then we, we kind of like hanging around and like, Hey, are you guys going north? Like that was a question. Are you guys going north? And they're like, yeah, like you guys have room for two. Like, yep. Yeah. So we hopped in. We just, we kept doing that. We got into Baghdad. It took us a little while. You know, we got up into Baghdad and, uh, I remember we went to some, you know, big like command operations center that had been established and, you know, we're just walking around there, like, you know, going in like, Hey, like, where's, where's third LAR, you know, Delta company. And they're like, Oh, they're over here. And they're like, Oh, hey, this is who we are. We're trying to get to them. And they're like, okay, like there's a convoy that's leaving at this time. So we just kept convoy hopping until we eventually got up to where they were and walked back up and you guys in their unit are like, what the hell are you guys doing here? Like, Oh, we're back. You know? And how long did you stay? Like, again, how long were you still in? So we left when, uh, yeah. So we left when, you know, once, once, you know, it was declared that, you know, major combat operations were over and units were starting to retrograde back down to Kuwait. So we were there. Let me see. Was it maybe, I think maybe we got back to the States in June, if I remember so, correctly. Uh, so we're still talking a few months. You're still over there. So yeah. Yeah. Are you, is anybody tell you what's happening with Shoshana? Is there any way for you two to still be in touch or is that it? Like you rescue. Shoshana and these people, and that's it. Last you guys have any contact, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, that was, uh, you mind you, like there was, you know, this was 20 years ago, you know, there was, you know, social media and all that wasn't as big as it is now. I didn't think it exists back then. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, you know, we, we got back and it was business as usual for us. You know, I want to say a few weeks later or a month or so later, I was, I don't know if you're if you've ever seen the movie Apocalypse Now or no uh, the Charlie Sheen platoon where he's mm-hmm. stirring the shit, you know, burning the uh. shit. That that was me, you know. Shortly after that, back to the back doing the low man on the totem pole jobs. There's no Gee. low man on the totem pole here, right? Like the humility is incredible. Shoshana, you I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Because I remember there was there was one the two pilots. I think yeah. had gone. In- 20, was it 29 Palms? Yep. And yeah. saw y'all and everything like that. And I remember that happening. And we found out afterwards, okay? Um, we were, you know, they were from Fort Hood. We were from Fort Bliss. And I was like, God, you know, I was pissed because they went, they were able to do that. And then I was like, well, we would have went if y'all had said something. If y'all had, yeah. you know, we would have liked to be there. But, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. when, when, when they're doing their little stuff, they don't think through. I don't, I so, think it was their chain of command who arranged that. So they thinking of their guys and getting this right. done and they didn't think of us, you know, uh, wanting to be a part of that because, um, you know, it, it was, we would have loved, and I, and I say we, I think every single one of us would have been loved to keep contact from the moment of the rescue. 
But over time, we've gotten in contact with one and two and three and four and kept, you know, picking up more information and, and staying in contact with this person and that person. Sometimes it's really hard because it brings back a lot of memories, not necessarily good, but I always try my best. Um, like I said, Clarity and I keep in contact, Miller and I keep in contact, uh, a couple of the guys from the uh, Hewitt crew, um, Hewitt, I don't know how Hewitt, to yeah. yeah. Hewitt, yeah. Um, keep in contact. Every once in a while, I call Kearney, but I still haven't seen you in person. Wow. Um, I've gone to um, two of their reunions. They had one in Vegas. They had one in Virginia or somewhere else and everything like that. And I always try to say, because I'll say it till the day I die. Y'all are heroes. What y'all did for me, I can't imagine. And, and the realization is we were rescued in Samara, which was right side, right outside of Tikrit. And we know that they were moving us there. We're not stupid. We know once we found out where we were, you know, after the rescue and how close it was to Tikrit, we knew that that was the mission to get us to Saddam's hometown. And we don't know if we would have made it if we got that far. So, so. Yeah, to give you a little backstory too, Jay, she had mentioned the uh, two pilots. Um, so the two, there was two Apache longbow pilots that were shot down that joined them in, uh, in captivity. Oh. So they weren't, so we, there was five that were with you, Shoshana, right? And then the two, the two Apache longbow pilots that got, so it was an Apache got shot down with two pilots on board or, you know, and, uh, so they had linked up with them. So that when she had how mentioned. How many in total? POWs in, in total? Seven. Seven. Oh my. So Shoshana, when you see Kernier, so he's the one whose arm you grab coming out of there. Yes. When you see him now here, what goes through your mind? Joy. It's really a lot of joy. Um, cause I think of that day and what he did for me. And, and you know, I keep on saying a grown man. I, in my head, he's still the 18 year old. He's a, he's a grown man with two kids. I mean, and your daughter's what, 20 now? 19, yeah, 20? Yeah. Yeah. I have a 20 year old and a three year old. Oh, oh, good. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Maybe so I was, a, I, well, I was a baby having a baby. And then kind of, you know, my wife and I for years had talked about, Hey, like, are we going to have another kid? And we waited, you know, 17 years later to have another kid. So. Bernie, so when you see Shoshana, like what, what do you think? Like what, what kind of grace and love can you give yourself from seeing her and knowing what you've done? You know what? Like just like seeing her, uh, like I said, this is the third time that I've seen her, but like third every time. time I'm just so like, I'm thankful that she, like she's here, you know, like I'm, I'm glad that we were there, you know, and, uh, we were able to do that. And I'm, I'm like, I see her and it's like, I'm like, it's, it's exciting seeing you and like, you're doing well and, and, you know, everything's good, you know, like I'm so glad I was able to be a part of that. And yeah, it's just like, it's, you know, I've, I've seen pictures of her and it's like every time it's like, it's almost like I'm proud of her, you know, like sounds weird. It's like, I'm, I'm proud, you know, like what she's accomplished and she's, she's doing well, you know, I'm here. I'm here. Thankfully. And thanks to you. You know, it's, it's just so surreal. I, I mean, there are times when I think that that really happened to me and not, I mean, the whole experience, but then I was like, man, it came and broke down the damn door. <laughs> They came and broke down the damn door. You want to talk about love? Uh, That's a different love right there. 
Yes, they came and broke down the damn door. And you know what? As as a black woman, sometimes history doesn't treat us well, you know, in history and stuff like that. But I'll never forget, they came and broke down the damn door for me. You know, they came and broke down the damn door for me. So um, it means a lot. And, And it just, it shows that as brothers and sisters, you know, that put on a uniform, we don't forget each other. No matter what we look like, we don't forget each other. We always try to bring everybody home. You know, um, for, that's a special bond. That's a special bond. And, and I am proof of that. They didn't leave me behind. They didn't forget me. I've had the pleasure to meet many veterans that were in um, serving at the same time. And they were like, man, we hit a city. We, you know, you know, we looked, you, you know, and it, it wasn't just the special forces or just this group. It was r- every day. Men and women in uniform talking about when we hit that city, we looked because we knew that they were, you were still out there. And that gives you a comfort to know that, you know, I wasn't being left behind. They were constantly looking for me, constantly. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want everybody at home to hear this. And here on Veterans Day weekend and week, I want you, when you meet someone who served, don't just walk up and say, hey, thank you for your service. Like, really get them to know it, understand it, feel it, and really make them understand, like, how much we appreciate you making us feel like we're worthy for fighting for and for protecting. And that's what you both have done. This is incredible. Kearney, before I let you guys go, have you been able to – I was talking. This is what I told your guy, Elliot. All right, because Elliot afterwards had a difficulty after his, uh, his military was over because of his injuries. I was like, hey, Elliot, you need to look at everybody. And don't look down. Don't even look us in the eye. Look a little bit above us because you're different. Everything you've done, you're different than the rest of us. You are up here. Give yourself that love and, and compassion to know that you're different than everybody else out there in a great way. Kearney, have you been able to love yourself up for that and know, like, oh, my God, what I did here for someone else Yeah, yeah, different? But, but, you know, back to the whole mental health, uh, you know, it's – when you do things like that, or, you know, my experience is, you know, everybody, you know, we went through the highs and the lows, you know, and when we came back off that deployment, it was walking around with our chest puffed out and feeling like we were Andre the Giant. And, you know, but then you kind of, you know, that, that, that fast pace, it's, it's not there anymore. So, you know, that's when you start hearing about, you know, PTSD, things like that. And you know, there was times where, you know, we were drinking every day, you know, that's kind of how we, we, coped with it coming off that deployment until we got back into the next deployment cycle and went back and deployed again. And then you come back off that, you know, second trip to Afghanistan, or I'm sorry, second trip to Iraq. And, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with your, your mental health the same way you did before, which is drinking and things like that. And, you know, so it kind of took me a while to, to realize and process, you know, how to handle things. And, you know, even, you know, when you look back on, on what we did, it's like, we have, we did something so great, you know, but we came home and we suffered like every, like, you know, like 90, whatever percent of the other guys do that come home. So, you know, my biggest takeaway from that is like, I know what I went through and I was on the other side of what Shoshana went through. So it's like, I can't even imagine the trauma, the mental health trauma that, that they may have gone through. You know, to me, I think that's a bigger piece that needs yeah. to be talked about. Shoshana? It's, um, it's a lot some days. It's a lot some days. I think people assume that you come home and then you're just, you're home, you're good and everything. And it's not that easy. I come from a very large military family. My dad served in Desert Storm along with the aunt, uncle. Um, during this conflict, I had a cousin, Marine, who was in country the same time I was. And when I went to a long stool, I passed my cousin. We saw each other in the hospital. He came to see me. By the time I hit U.S. soil, he was going, he was in Iraq. So this is what we do as a family. This is our journey. And I have a lot of support and a lot of people that understand what I'm going through from dating back from Korea, Korean war. When we first hit the United States as immigrants and started serving, but yet I still struggle even with all that support, even with them family members that I know I can talk to about combat and all that kind of stuff. I still struggle. I've been hospitalized three times. Wow. Three times. It's a lot to handle. And then, you know, 
I get extra attention. So that puts a a little pressure on me, you know, to be a certain way and handle it a certain way. And then they want to put these titles on you. You're this, you're that. And every day you're just struggling to get up out of bed and, you know, be normal and things like that. It can be a lot. And there's nothing wrong with saying I need help. There's nothing wrong to say I'm broken because, you know, when it comes down to it, there's a small percentage of the population who was even willing to do the job. Very small part of the population that was willing to do the job. And if I'm willing to do the job and I'm suffering now, I can say I need help. uh, And, you know, this is a lot. We have that. We've earned that right to do that. And we need to give each other room to do that. Sometimes we can put more weight on each other veterans. I think one of the reasons I do so well is because of my family and their military background and the fact that they're just a little crazy, just a little, little out there to begin with. That's a good thing. My hometown is very supportive, but also I can reach out to um, some of the other guys. Joseph Hudson, one of my fellow prisoner of wars, lives here in El Paso. Dave Williams, one of the pilots, he lived in El Paso. Now he lives in Juarez, Mexico with his wife. Wow. Yeah. So I can reach out and get some help. Um, there are four female prisoner, former prisoners of war living in the United wow. States. And I can contact those four women if I really need a female perspective. Uh, Jessica and, and Melissa contact me regularly. They check up on me and stuff like that. I check up on them. So it's a support system. And um, the biggest support always comes from your brothers and sisters in arms. Your buddy to the left and the buddy to the right that carried you through the fire. Those are the ones understand more than anybody else in the world. Absolutely. To go back to what you were saying too, Jay, is like, you know, you hear, you know, people come up and say, hey, you know, on Veterans Day, thank you for your service and, you know, that stuff. It's like, you know, don't, you know, you know, obviously you thank them, but it's really hard to to be in their shoes and what they've done. You know, I have some friends of mine that are like, Oh yeah, you're, you're a Marine, you know, this and that, like, but you don't know what it took to do that or what it took to be here or like, you know, the mental health aspect, like you don't understand that where you're just like, Oh yeah, you know, you can, you know, from, you know, for instance, you can go to Chili's and get a free meal. Like, okay. But you don't know really like right. the sacrifice, you know, for, not only myself, you know, my family, things like Mm -hmm. that, you know, the time away and all that stuff that that it took to, to quote unquote, earn that free meal. And look, us civilians, we we don't know. And that's why even for us, like, and I've talked a lot of our our veteran friends about this, give civilians grace too. Yes. Well, we don't know, we don't know, right? But when we do say to you, hey, thank you for your service, and we do mean it, give those people some love and grace and allow that love, especially in these weeks coming up here. I always tell people like Veterans Day, man, this is, this is your Super Bowl. This is what you should be celebrating something about yourself. And it's, you're ingrained and you're trained in the military not to celebrate yourself and not to, you know, celebrate those moments, but you need to, you know, that's your equity in life. It's these moments that you find out who you really are. That's your equity in life. It's not monetary equity. That, that pales in comparison to what you found out about yourself, to what Shoshana found out about herself. You have to allow other people to realize, okay, they're not going to get that. Okay. They're going to love me up for it. I need to start taking that and allow yourself that grace because you did go through that. You went through the blood and these tears and the amount of pain that none of us could really ever imagine. So allow yourself to get loved up. Oh, absolutely. All right, ma'am. Yeah. Um, It's hard. It's hard. You're right. We're we're trained not to take that. (laughs) And that's the problem. Like you guys, 
I always say this, when you guys get out of the military, I, I was always, you know, trying to help everybody. Like our biggest problem is not being able to use what you went through. Like Shoshana, you want to talk about unbreakable. Oh my God. Like <laughs> it's nobody more unbreakable I've ever come across in my entire life. I've been around Super Bowl champions, you know, fighter champions, everything. Nobody comes close to what you've gone through, what you've persevered and the level that you were on. And, you know, Kearney, with this level of selflessness and mm-hmm. drive that you have to go do this for somebody you don't know That's is right. a different level. And you all aren't able to put that down in a form where you can say, okay, how does this equate to civil- civilian life? When everybody else is lying on their resumes, <laughs> you know, when they come out of college, you guys kind of dumb down what you've done. And that really is the biggest problem. So that's especially on this, hey, on this Veterans Day, do me a favor here, both of you, give yourself more grace and compassion and realize, yeah, what we went through is different than everybody else. I'm different than everybody else. And that's good. And love yourself up and hold yourself a little bit higher. Can you do that for me? Absolutely. All right. Before I let you go, you guys want to say anything to each other? Again, it's the third time you've ever talked. How are we going to make that happen? Curry, where are you Yeah, going? no, I think we need to. I think, uh, you know, I, I've thought about it for years. It's like, you know, I would love for you to meet my family. Yeah, my wife has heard, you know, she's heard the stories and, you know, not just from me, but the other guys that were there. And, uh, you know, I would love for, yeah, I would, I would love for that. You know, I, I think they just got home right now too. I could bring them in when we stop recording. Okay. Here's my commitment. I would like to make this happen for you both. I will cover it personally. Okay. okay? I'll do it. I will personally do it. Whatever it takes to get you two to meet, your families to meet, whether we fly Kearney to uh, El Paso, uh, Shoshana to – Kearney, where are you at? I'm in uh, California, Southern California. Okay, Southern California. Oh. I'm in Southern California. Great. Shoshana, can we fly you and your family out here to meet them? Let's do it. Okay, perfect. That's my pledge and my thank you to you both. Let's I do appreciate it. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the gang back together. <laughs> <laughs> Done. We're doing that. It'll be the best holiday we've ever had. All right. All right. We were doing that for the holidays. I love you all. I really appreciate you joining me. Shoshana, thank you for inspiring us all. You said something earlier, too. You said you were, you were hospitalized three times, mental health. Yeah. How are you doing now? I'm doing okay. It's, it's been, right. like I said, the last couple of weeks have been a little rough seeing that stuff in, right. in because so real. In the Middle East, yeah. Exactly what I went through. Reached out to my therapist, you know, taking my antidepressants, you know, I'm trying to take it easy. I'm actually going, the cousin I I passed in Germany is getting married this weekend. So I'm going to his wedding. Actually, it's going to be like five of us veteran cousins get together. Right. So that's going to be problems. (laughs) We're going to raise hell. (laughs) Like I said, I'm, I'm around sports teams all the time. There's no better team than the U (laughs) S military. So we got with brotherhood and sisterhood. It's gonna be off. It's gonna be off the chain. I know. I know. And he tried to warn his buddies. My family coming, dude, and and a bunch of them are you know veterans and stuff. So y'all better be ready. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. I really can't wait. My and you also have my them. number now too. And look, I'm yes. I'm doing this 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 podcast to help people with their mental health between the years. And one of my big things is you always have to be a service, and you got to have a team. So now I'm part of your team. You know that. Anytime. The roommates in our head are barking, and you need an ear, you need a text, whatever. Count me in. I'm in your team. I appreciate that, Jay. Okay? Appreciate it. Appreciate right. it. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for joining me here. Uh, we're going to make this happen in person. Again, this is Unbreakable Mental Health Podcast with Jay Glazer.
Attorney Russell, Shoshana Johnson. Thank you so much. Love you all. Let's keep walking this walk together. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.